1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, April the 27th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1521, Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan, he was killed by natives in the Philippines. His intent was to circumnavigate the world. His crew did. He obviously did not. Today in 1813, the Battle of York took place in Upper Canada during the War of 1812. U.S. forces defeated the British garrison in a place that is present day, Toronto. Today in 1865, the steamer Sultana, it was carrying freed Union prisoners of war. It exploded on the Mississippi River near Memphis, Tennessee. The death toll estimates varied from 1,500 to 2,000 people. Today, in 1941, German forces occupied Athens during World War II. Today, in 1994, former President Richard Nixon was remembered at an outdoor funeral service. It was attended by all five of his successors in the White House. At the Nixon It was held at the Nixon Presidential Library in Yorba Linda, California. And today, in 2011... Powerful and deadly tornadoes raked across the South and the Midwest. More than 60 tornadoes today in 2011 crossed parts of Alabama, just Alabama alone, left 250 people dead. Thousands of others were injured. That's a few of the things that happened today on this date. We do this every morning because it gives us a sense of history, a sense of where we are in the historical arc of human events. Many of you find it interesting and you comment on it, tell me you always kind of like to hear that some of the things that I mentioned in that little run that we do every morning here, you remember some, obviously you don't. I will admit I don't remember when Magellan was killed, but I've read about it and I would hope that none of you remember that either. Do you know how long it takes a reader to read 40 pages of text? Generally, on average, I mean, obviously there's, you know, those that are super fast readers and some are very slow, but it takes about an hour to read 40 pages of text on average. On December 20 of this past year, it was in a lame duck session of Congress, they passed the 4,155-page omnibus bill, which packed about $1.85 trillion into this year's budget that you and I as taxpayers are, I mean, let's not be misled here. This is not the government's budget. It's our budget. They just get to make it because they are our elected representatives. But they passed this bill, this 4,155-page omnibus bill, 1.85 1.85 trillion one day after the bill was introduced if you look i mean if, if if you're sitting at the table and you got a paper napkin just do the math it would take somebody roughly 103 hours to read the 4155 pages you have to ask yourself do you really believe or do i really believe that anybody Read that? Well, you say, Gary, they have big staff and different people read different parts of it. That's partially true. But did anybody who passed that bill really know what it said in its totality? I doubt it. When we look at this now from the perspective of some analysts who have read it, It's very interesting. It could be a little depressing, to be honest with you. But here's a few things I noticed. The Heritage Foundation actually took this, and I was reading. I'm going to quote them again later on this morning. But I I happened to see this, and I thought I'd pass it along to you. They did read all of their 4,155 pages, and they put out a little piece today that was talking about that. And they said they said that there's in there. The, just some of the earmarks they lifted out, they thought might be interested, interesting to conservatives. There was $1.2 million for LGBTQIA plus pride centers. The Biden administration is going to be opening pride centers across the United States. There's $1.2 million for services for DACA recipients. That's also known as helping illegal aliens with taxpayer funds at San Diego Community College. There's $1 million for Zora's House in Ohio. That's a, quote, co-working and community space for women and gender-expansive people of color. There's $3 million for the American LGBTQ Plus Museum in New York City. And there's $3.6 million. Hold on. $3.6 million for a Michelle Obama trail in Georgia. That's $10 million of your money and mine. Now, I know there are people out there, Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox, and people that go, well, $10 million is not that big a deal. Well, it is a big deal to most ordinary people, as you well know. But the radical left's extreme agenda is taking these kinds of dollars and very quietly... And under the radar, for the most part, and they're advancing their agenda, particularly an agenda that Joe Biden is obsessed with. And it's this LGBTQ thing. I mean, the guy is out of control. I don't know what his deal is, but I do know one thing. This battle for the soul of America is not just a political battle. It is a spiritual battle. It has religious overtones from start to finish. And we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against the powers of darkness. And I would say that this whole movement has a demonic dimension to it. It is it is concerning, to say the least, about what's happening in America today. We now have a $31.5 trillion debt our federal government's reckless spending. I mean it's not all on this. People look at a thirty one point five trillion dollar debt, they say, Well, wow, ten million dollars that's like two cents in a kid's pocket. But this agenda, this whole the whole culture is being transformed by the power of darkness using the people's money. Ordinary people like you and me. That's what's happening. our country today. And that's why there's such a high degree of concern on the part of many of us. I mean, myself, I I don't consider myself a political animal. I mean, I, I find politics interesting. Had I not felt called to the ministry, I probably would have taken a look at politics a long time ago myself. But it isn't that we're so interested in politics, it's that we're so interested in what's happening in our culture today. And when we see how it is incrementally being advanced and pushed forward, and it's transforming the thinking of how America thinks. And that's why it's so important that we remain informed. And we know what's going on in our culture today and understand the dynamics of it. And I think that's even more important than knowing if we know what's going on and don't understand it can be certainly terrifying, but also if we don't understand, we don't know how to pray correctly and pray to the point of need in our culture. We need to pray for America. I mean, these are not good days, these are bad days in our nation. I'm optimistic. I believe I, I see these kids and these these worship rallies that are having now all across the country. It's not in the news. That's why when you see somebody like Tucker Carlson kind of, you know, be pushed out as, as he was and others, uh, that's a voice that at least sometimes covered these kinds of things and talked about the values in our nation and so on. And that voice has been silenced for the time being. And there's others. It isn't just Tucker Carlson, but others as well. It's so important that there are as many voices as possible out there, little voices, big voices, Carlson's was probably the biggest voice out there right now, daily on television. Now that's silent. But there's so many different people that are speaking, and there's especially young people, kids across the country, that are are having these worship rallies. I mean, there's not hundreds, there's thousands of kids coming out to this. But you don't read that in the news. You don't hear about it. And that's why I'm mentioning it now, taking a couple of minutes to just tell you this is happening. It's continuing to happen. Man, they're, they're doing the, exactly what the Bible says. They're preaching the gospel. They're, t- they're telling the thousands of kids there and young adults they need to be saved, accept Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you of your sins. I mean, it's like Billy Graham in jeans and t-shirts. It's the same thing. They're even baptizing them in pools and swimming pools and at the beach if they're on the coast. Uh, wherever they can find some water, they're baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're doing exactly what the Bible tells us to do. There's not coverage on it. Some of the churches are silent because, well, they don't identify with these kids. I mean, they have long hair. They have loud guitars. You know. Yeah, I understand. I I would take any kind of hair. But I understand that the cultures are different. But man, these, I mean, there is a move going on on the, on the underside of America. And it isn't bubbling to the top in the news very often unless it's a negative news story, but it's happening. The Asbury College, I talked about that here, university, I talked about that here in other universities, we're having kind of an outpouring of, of the Spirit of God, and, and that has kind of gone away now. The, the media has lost its interest in that. So now we don't hear as much about that, but while some of the colleges have have are not carrying on you know that every night as they were, there's still that spirit that is is out there, and, and kids are planning you know college university students are planning their summers around their plans to evangelize and have outreach. To it isn't just the cults that that do this. I mean these are Christian kids, evangelical, Bible believing young adults. They're they're planning not. Necessarily to go to Africa, but to go to America as missionaries this summer and just go out and share the gospel all summer long. And people are supporting them in doing that, leading people to Christ. So all of this is happening underneath, but but the, the power structure in Washington, D.C., our elected president of the United States, or apparently elected, <laughs> I have questions. I got to be honest with you. If I work for Fox, I don't, but if I did, I'd probably get fired too. I have some very definite feelings. I just don't think 83 million people voted for Joe Biden three, three and a half years ago. I really don't. I will never believe that, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Now, But I want to talk to you a little bit about, about Pride and Prejudice. Jane Austen's 19th century novel Pride and Prejudice demonstrates that human nature can be cultivated and influenced by a culture or a society for good or bad depending on the world view of that society or culture. President Biden in announcing his campaign for another term as president of the United States which he did day before yesterday on Tuesday he talked <laughs> he talked about what he was going to do in a second term as president he's using the slogan, let's finish the job. Well, that caught my attention. And I guess that would be good if a slogan didn't catch your attention, it wouldn't be a very good slogan. But it caught my attention because I know what his agenda is. I've been following it very closely. And I think many of you who listen to this program and pay attention to other programs or read the news or whatever, you're aware of what he's been doing. But it's a little bit, I think it's a little concerning, more than a little, when you look at what he really means by finishing the job. I want to talk to you for a moment about pride, not a book review on Jane Austen's book. My grandma, my grandmothers were both committed Christians. My grandfathers were Christians as well. They were more quiet and they, they died younger. Both of my grandmothers lived to be pretty old. Um, My grandmother on my father's side was, I think, 96 when she passed away, and my mother's mother was like 99, almost 100 when she passed away. So I got to know them better as an adult as I got older because they were around. Their husbands had both died earlier. But I remember their their vernacular, the words they used were quite a bit different than the words we would use now in a lot of ways. But when they were happy, they would say they were gay. They use that word, especially my mother's mother. She used it all the time. I mean she'd always say, I'm just I just feel so gay today. I didn't I mean it didn't raise a question and it wasn't unusual because even in my lifetime back then when I was a kid, gay meant happy. She said, Aren't we having a gay old time when we were having fun and the family was together and so on? At Christmas Both my grandmothers, they donned their gay apparel. I mean, that was just their life. I mean, gay was happy. Thankfully, both of them were heterosexual Christians, or you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. But much has changed. It isn't just the mere words that has changed, however. It's the meaning of words or the meaning that's attached to words that is changing the culture. A culture is being cultivated and changed before our eyes, and it's not good. It is not good. President Biden and his cohorts in Congress and his administration are, as we speak, seeking to change it even more. He wants to finish the job. The job is to fundamentally remake America. He learned that from his former boss, Barack Obama. President Biden has spent his entire adult life as a politician. I mean, you can say with authenticity the guy has never held a job in his life. He said he was a lifeguard once. But now he's he's running, and and he's cognitively impaired, he's running the most powerful nation in the history of the world. That's where we are today. And unfortunately, he's been co-opted by a very radical, far-left Marxist movement. And the Marxist movement is attached to human sexuality. And it is a movement that is in absolute defiance and rebellion against Almighty God himself. Last summer, President Biden, accompanied by his wife, Dr. Jill, Vice President Kamala Harris, second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Rachel Levine, who's not a Rachel, a, she, he's a man, and others, they signed an executive order at a pride event in the East, East Room of the Capitol. It was a big day, There was a big celebration. You, if you follow such things, you may remember. If not, I'm reminding you of that. His executive order was designed to build on previous executive orders that he had signed into law on his first day in office, day one, as president. The new executive action charges uh, the agencies like like HHS, Department of Health and Human Services and Department of Education and and others to release sample policies for states, for each state, to adopt measures like comprehensive health care for LGBTQ patients, create full inclusion for LGBTQ people and so on. That order became an action. Biden's actions included Secretary Pete Buttigieg, the first openly gay, so-called married member of a presidential cabinet, that Corinne Jean-Pierre, the press secretary now, Rachel Levine, the transgender, a man identifying as a woman, as Assistant Secretary for Health at HHS. There were some of the highest ranking government officials in American history to be homosexual or gay or I don't even know what all the words mean. I mean, they keep throwing these words at us. The president's own words, they were chosen based on their sexual behavior rather than their qualifications. He made that very clear. The executive order also sought to combat conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is what the press even noticed. And the press said, and I'm quoting, Conversion therapy is a pseudo-religious practice intended to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. In doing this, President Biden closed the legal door for Christian biblical pastors or ministers to share God's love and forgiveness and deliverance and restoration in a dysphoric person's life. Someone who is confused, and most of these kids are, doctors are coming out now and saying, these kids that are little kids that are being indoctrinated by public education, entertainment, by this group of people, the president is sitting behind the wheel, he's in charge, he's got his foot on the pedal and he's accelerating. These kids that are being influenced are being d- d- influenced by peer pressure and all kinds of things and i mean certainly gender dysphoria i mean they don't they, they don't understand they're introduced to something they shouldn't even be dealing with and we all know that so all of this is happening and now all of a sudden when these kids need help spiritual help he slams the door so that there's no way that a priest from his devout devoutly followed catholic church in his words or a Minister, a youth pastor, whatever. If they are if they are found to be guilty of trying to persuade these children, young adults, anyone, but mostly children, it's called conversion therapy, and that's illegal. That's that's what this ad- administration is doing in the darkness of this whole movement. At the signing, President Biden proclaimed. Sitting at his desk, he said, Pride is back at the White House. He touted that his administration is the most pro-equality administration in history. I'm quoting the President of the United States. He noted that his White House has the most LGBTQ plus identifying officials of any administration. Then he added, or any administrations combined. At the end of his remarks at this Pride event, President Biden repeated the phrase he often uses during his presidential campaign now, we're in a battle for the very soul of this nation. And that's my point today. We're in a battle for the very soul of this nation. It's a battle, he said, the president said, I know we will win. America is so deeply divided today that there's very little that one side agrees with the other on, and yet there are still people who are so uninformed and so lost in the darkness of the moment, they're still calling for America to compromise and come together. We can't compromise and come together because this isn't a political matter. It's a spiritual matter, and it cuts deeply to the heart of every kid that's being affected by this. It cuts to the heart of every family that is being pushed aside. The traditional values upon which humanity has lived from time and memorial, and America was founded upon, is now being erased, pushed to the side, scoffed, laughed at, mocked, mocked often. Having won the the war of words, Joe Biden and his colleagues now want to win the war for the culture and fundamentally remake America. I repeat, uh, Jane Austen's 19th century novel Pride and Prejudice demonstrates that human nature can be cultivated and influenced by a culture or society for good or bad, depending on the worldview of the society or culture. That's why Paul wrote to the Romans, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a prejudice that is coming from this pride movement. He's nationalizing prejudice. The Daily Caller reported this week that a bill congressional Democrats are proposing would force immigration authorities to release migrants who say they're part of the LGBTQ community. I'm not kidding. I mean, this is amazing. That would be these people coming from Guatemala. I know these kinds of people. I may have known some of these kids' parents, grandparents in the past. I spent a lot of time in Central America as in missionary and evangelistic work. I mean, these people—they say they want me to be gay in America. Okay, I'm gay. Let me in. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen come out of this White House. But they're doing it. It's the Dignity for Detained Immigrants Act was introduced by democratic representative hang on washingtonians yeah parmilla jappel of washington senator cory booker of new jersey and democrat representative adam smith of washington this would force federal authorities to not detain vulnerable migrants including those who claim to be lgbtq I well, tell you, four border agents was talking to Daily Caller. That's why they put out a, an article about this yesterday. They were talking to them in anonymity. They said, if you say our name, we'd get fired. They didn't. So we don't know who they are, but they're border uh, agents, four of them, were talking to them. They all work along the southern border with Mexico. One agent said, if this passed, I guarantee you everybody coming from Central America is going to be gay. He's right. I, like I said, I know those people. They'll, that's what they'll do. They'll just show up and say, hi, I'm gay. Oh, okay, come on in. Another agent's, agent said that if it, it would grant preferential treatment to anyone claiming to be part of the LGBTQ community. He said many of them, I would think, they would be getting better treatment, expedited processing, and complete immunity when it came down to their court date as well. So they come in, they just get a free pass into the United States, and then when their court date comes up, They'll get preferential, prejudiced treatment then as well. Another said, in essence, he said, in other words, just show up and learn the words in English and say, I'm gay. <laughs> just say gay. Well, I'll tell you, under the guise of fighting prejudice against the LGBTQ community, that community has now been able to place men identifying as women In women's sports, winning awards, stealing scholarships from girls and women, they've normalized perversion. They've legally redefined marriage, not in God's eyes. Marriage is God's institution. Man can't change it. They can pretend like they are, but they pretend a lot of things in this movement. Redefined marriage, they've attacked God's model of humanity for male and female. They've seized control of public education and are working to remake the culture in their own image. That's what's going on in our country today. i got to tell you, that's what brings me to this microphone every day. I've had a lifetime of ministry. My friends are playing golf. I can't. We need to be awakened to the moment in which we live, but we need to be at peace. Because God is in control. He's asking us to act on his behalf, to be ambassadors for God and spread the word that this is wrong. God is right. But don't lay awake worrying about it because God is in control. Just be informed and be active, be engaged, be vigilant, be discerning. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for your support. We need it.